Well, again, good morning, Christ Community Church, and I'm so glad um, that you decided to come and worship with us today. My name, if you weren't here earlier, my name's Jeff. I'm the worship pastor here at Christ Community Church, and uh, I have the privilege of preaching um, this morning. Our pastor, Pastor Keith, and our youth pastor, Blake, and a team of about 20, um, they're getting ready to drive into Mexico this morning. Actually, this morning, they're in San Diego, and they're worshiping uh, uh, with us via the web in their hotel room, which is really awesome because they're two hours behind us. So just think about that. They got up that, that much earlier than all of us this morning so they could um, worship with us. And so they're getting ready to go into Mexico. Um, this week, they're going to be doing a mission trip there. They're going to be building, I think, um, Donna and I were trying to figure out this morning, I think it's our seventh or eighth home that we've built there in Ensenada, Mexico, and they're going to be sharing the gospel and the love of Christ. So be praying um, for them this week as they're there. Um, they flew in um, last night. And so this morning, uh, we're going to continue a series called Set Free. Um, in the past six weeks, we've been going through um, the book of Colossians, and Keith has been preaching about what it looks like to live a life that is set free from the struggles of this life and the sin that so easily entangles us, and, and what we've been set apart and what we've been set free um, to do and to accomplish as the body of Christ. And so I'm just going to recap real quick where we've been um, in Colossians week one, set free from religion. And we looked at Colossians 1, 1 through 14, and we learned um, that it's not just about all the different legalisms and the religions and the things to do and not to do, but that we simply, um, as Christians, um, need to keep our simple focus on Christ. And then in week two, was set free from deadly distractions. And in Colossians 1, 15 through 23, we learn um, that God is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And we don't have to worry about all the things of this world that weigh us down. Um, but we can, we can stand and be set free to know that God is above all things. The third week was set free from bondage. In Colossians 2.8, we learn that suffering actually can bring us closer um, to Christ and that because we are dead in our sins, um, we can have a new life and the old things can be gone and we can have a new thing. We can be set free from that bondage. And week four was set free from destructive patterns in Colossians 3.1-9. Um, we learned um, about that same, that old ways and the new ways. And Keith used the illustration, if you're here, remember, he, he uh, used that show, What Not to Wear. Um, and he, he talked about that and said that, you know, as us as Christians, there's some things that we ought not to wear of, uh, from our old self and we're to put on the new self and follow God in that and get rid of these um, destructive patterns from our old life and put on the new things that God has for us. And then last week, uh, if you were here, you remember um, that God's, uh, that, that uh, Keith spoke on um, set free for great relationships in Colossians 3, 18 um, through the first part of chapter 4. And we learn what it looks like to be a Christ-centered husband and wife father, mother, um, child, work, um, boss, and that ultimately um, to be set free um, in our great relationships, we need to submit under the authority of Christ and then the authorities that Christ has placed in our lives. And uh, so next week uh, will be the last week of Set Free and Keith. Y'all are going to want to be here. He's preaching. Um, right when they get back from Mexico, he's going to be talking about being set free for prayer and evangelism and what it looks like not only to pray for those people um, and pray to God for people, but also how to share Christ with those same people that we're praying for. So you don't want to miss that. And then the week after that, April 6th, um, Ben Alpert will be here, and he's going to be, be teaching um, on the Jewish roots of our Christian faith in the Seder meal. And I, I want to just um, say this morning, because there's been some talk, and let you know that we, we won't be actually taking part in the Seder meal um, that morning, but he's going to be teaching um, an intensive teaching on, on what it looks like um, 
where we've come from in our Jewish roots of our faith in the Seder meal. And so you're not going to want to miss those next two Sundays. That being said, those are going to be great. This morning you're stuck with me. So that's what you've got. Um, you'll notice a, a lot of our students are out there actually in Mexico with Blake. It's a, a kind of a mixed group with students and adults as they're on, on spring break. Um, and so today we're going to be looking at probably the last thing that you would thought that your worship pastor would teach on. And today we're going to talk about money. And we're going to talk about tithing. We're going to talk about our finances. And we're going to talk about um, giving. Now, and the reason we're going to do that is because if, if you'll think about it, we talk about, we think about, we use money every single day of our lives. Who goes a day and doesn't at least think about, oh, well, you're pumping gas, you know, you're, you're, you're pumping money into your car. Um, you go out to eat or somebody says like, oh man, no, the other day we went to this great place to eat. Now, do they only talk about the food? No, they say, man, it was really good and it was really good price too. So we're, we're always talking um, and thinking about money. So why would we not look at God's word and what it says that we are supposed to do with our finances and following um, him? So a few months ago when Keith asked me if I would preach um, as, as they're in Mexico, I said, yeah, I would love to. And I told him um, that I wanted to, to preach on this topic um, because I believe that God has called us all to surrender every area of our life, and that includes um, our finances. Now, this morning, I think um, maybe some of you in here are like, well, this is going to be great. I've never really even thought about tithing. I, I've never heard on the topic. Um, or maybe you're in another area this morning, and you're like, you know, I'm a, I'm a se- seasoned giver. I've been giving to God um, for my whole life. But I think there's some, something that each of us um, can learn this morning from that. We're going to be looking um, in Malachi. We're going to jump out of Colossians just for this week in the series and look at Malachi 3. 6 through 10. So if you want to go ahead and begin to turn to Malachi 3, 6 through 10, we're going to jump into that in just a moment. But before we do, um, I'm going to give us just a basic definition of what tithe is and what our belief is here at Christ Community Church. And while you're turning there, um, I'm going to say what I say every time I speak here at this church, and that is that I, I beg you today not to just take my word for what I'm saying, um, but as these scriptures, which I have probably a dozen scriptures this morning, write them down, take notes, and then go back in your own time and look at God's word for you because I strongly believe that God's word itself can speak to us and has power. If you were here a couple years ago, you'll remember I believe that so much that I read six chapters of scripture in a row without stopping. It took about 15 minutes while I was preaching. And I'm not going to do that today, so nobody's like, uh, do I need to like, get some caffeine to stay awake while you're reading? No, I'm not doing that. But I believe that God's Word doesn't always need us to add anything to it. In fact, it doesn't need us to add anything at all, but His Word can speak to us. Um, so I'm going to say that, ask you just to look at it for yourself even after we leave here and let God's Word speak to you um, in your personal life. Now, a simple definition of tithe um, I just got this from, from the dictionary, is that uh, tithe is a personal income um, that is set apart as an offering to God. Tithe is a personal income set apart as an offering to God. In the Old Testament, we know um, that the tithe was to be an actual um, and physical 10% of what God had given them to be brought into the storehouse in His church. Um, and some of you might be saying, okay, well, that was an Old Testament um, Teaching That was an Old Testament law that they had to keep. And now, um, you know, Christ came, and we don't, we don't have to keep any of those 
commandments in, in the Old Testament. And, and this morning, I'm going to tell you that that's, that's not that's not accurate. If that was true, then we could all just go around killing each other, stealing from each other, lying to each other. But no, the Old Testament law is still there for us um, to live our life. And um, I know some of you might even say, well, well, didn't Jesus talk about this in Luke 11 and Matthew 23? And I know he said um, in Matthew 23, but woe to you, Pharisees, for you pay tithe of mint and rue and every kind of garden herb, and yet you disregard justice and the love of God. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the other. You see, I think following Christ is not just something that we say we believe and want to follow Christ um, and just have faith, but we, we ought to also be giving and, and following these commandments that God has set up for us. And in James, he talks about that. And he says, uh, in James 2, 14 through 17, he says, What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but has no works? Can, faith, uh, can that faith save him if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food? And one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm and filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. Therefore, I think tithing is something that we do to prove that we have faith. We give to God because we say we believe in God. And, and I think they go hand in hand. After all this morning, uh, if you were here, which I know some of you came to the 1015 service and you missed the first song, it's okay. The first song uh, we sang this morning was White Flag. And, and in, the, in that, the chorus says, um, we raise our white flag, we surrender all to you. We surrender all all to you. And I think that if we're truly giving all and surrendering all, that that includes our finances. I think uh, it would be hard to, for someone to, to win an argument against that. God wants our all. And um, I want us to know this morning uh, also about uh, tithing, that, that tithing and giving is one of the four things that we've instated here at Christ Community Church um, as our DNA. These are four things that we really um, believe in, and you're going to hear us talk more about these um, in the coming months. And they're going to be the four things that we really stick to, and that's connect. And we want to connect with God and with other people. We want to serve. We want to serve God and serve His church. We want to give. We want to give of our time and our money and our resources and that which God has given us for His kingdom. And then we also, fourth, we want to invite other people so that they can be a part of what God is doing here at this church. And so if you, if you want to know more about all those four things, you can um, go online on our website, ChristCCM.net, and you can look at the four things. Um, and so I, I'm actually this morning going to read kind of our stance, uh, what we say on there about um, giving. And it says this, it says, Finances are a major part of the world we live in. Money is a big deal in our culture, and it's really nothing new. Jesus had a lot to say about how we manage our money, and because of that, it's one of our teachings here at Christ Community Church. The Bible teaches a simple money map for how we should prioritize the wealth that God entrusts to us. And simply put, we must tithe first, save second, and live on the rest. And we say this, we believe and teach that God would have us to bring our tithe to the local church. The church was God's invention to spread his message to the world, and Christ Community Church is committed to doing just that. And actually, if you, if you look on either side of the room, on these columns that we have here, um, you see our vision statement. It's our mission statement. It's what we're here for. And it says that we are here to transform lives in our community, in our city, and beyond for the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when you give to the church, you're allowing us to be able to do that, to reach souls, not just here in Montgomery, but in Ensenada, Mexico, this week, as they're there um, this week. And people's lives are going to be changed um, because of that. 
So this morning, let's, let's look, uh, if you're there, Malachi 3, 6 through 10. If you couldn't find it, it's right next to Matthew. It's the last book of the Old Testament. It's right next to Matthew. They're uh, kind of brothers right there hanging out, um, separated, by, separated by just that page that says the New Testament probably in your Bible. So let's look at this. It says, For I, the Lord, do not change. You have turned aside, uh, uh, sorry, therefore you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. From, uh, from the days of your fathers you have, not, uh, you have turned aside from my statues and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, well, how shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. And you say, well, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. And you are accursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. And test me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Test me in this and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until it overflows. Let's pray real quick as we've read God's word. Lord, I pray that your word this morning in Malachi would speak to us, Lord, that we would not be those who are robbing you, those who are cursed and set apart from you, Lord, but we would be those who are set in with you, and we would return to you, Lord, a God who is faithful and true, Lord, that you would bless us with every blessing until it overflows in our lives this morning. In your name we pray, amen. All right, now, as we get started here, I want to look at this last little, uh, first, this last little part, and, and my buddy Nexton here, y'all give it up for Nexton, come on up here, man. Um, Nexton is Chris, Chris's brother, uh, Chris that was um, leading this morning with Heather and the team, who did an amazing job. Um, Nexton, uh, me and Nexton, a couple Sundays ago, we were um, shooting a little pool, we were partners, we didn't do so well, uh, but I asked him to come up here and help me with this illustration this morning. I think this is going to kind of help get us started. So, Nexton, I have here... Two dollars. Two, these are two crisp one dollar bills, and these are for you, buddy. And um, so what these dollars uh, represent here for Nexton, this, um, let's say that this is what God has given Nexton, and uh, step, step up here with me um, in the light so everybody can see you. Um, this is what God has given Nexton, and he's called Nexton to give this to God as his tithe. And he said, bring this into my storehouse and see if I won't bless you. Now, here we have... My piggy bank. Yes, I have a piggy bank. I'm 27 years old, and I still have a piggy bank. I like to put my change in there. Um, this is going to um, denote the blessing of God. This is the blessings of God. So now, next, and if he has this, which God has called him to give, um, and let, let's step up here so we can uh, make lots of noise with this change. Now, if Nexton decides, you know what, God's called me to do this, but I'm going to hold on to it. So go ahead and hold on to it. And so if he's holding on to that and not giving it to God, when God decides to try and bless, you know, next in here, he's, you know, he's not going to be able to receive that blessing because he's holding on to it in himself. But if next decides to say, you know what, God, here I am. You, this is what you've given me, and I want to give this back to you. And this is what you've called me to do. When God decides to give a blessing, it's going to be so much of a blessing that he can hold on to some of it, but he can't even hold on to everything um, that, he, that, that he's been giving him. So, uh, Nixon, thanks for, for helping us out. Um, but I think that's a great illustration to start with, and hopefully everyone doesn't run up here and try and um, take the money this morning. Um, 
I don't think the, all the children are in here today, but I would, if I was a kid, I would want to take it. But that is just a simple and kind of silly illustration, but I think that's what we do a lot of times with our money. We want to hold on to it and say, yeah, I know, God, you need it, but you know, I, you know, we really wanted to go to McDonald's for lunch today because it's so tasty, and they have the bacon clubhouse cheddar cheeseburger, whatever that new burger is with LeBron James in the commercial, and that's really where we want to eat today, and I hope that's not where you want to eat today, but if that's what you're saying, that's what you're going to use your money for, I think you know, that's not what God has um, in store for us. But we're going to look at four things today that I think God wants for us. And the first one is this, that God doesn't change. God does not change. And and I'm not making up these points. This is what uh, Malachi 3, 6 actually says right here. He says, for I, the Lord, do not change. And and, and this isn't something new that's, uh, or something old from the Old Testament. He says it again in the New Testament where he says in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so because Jesus and, and that God does not change, it means that his love and grace are always the same. But it also means that his judgment is the same. You see, because God loves us, he must hate sin, and he is the enemy of sin. And he will not change his ruling and authority as judge. He will not change. God does not change. This morning, um, before I came in here this morning, I went up um, with Miss uh, Susan and Miss Carolyn uh, and, and prayed. They prayed over me in the, in the upper room next door that we have. They pray every Sunday morning. I would encourage you, if you need prayer, go find them. They will bless your heart. And just in that time as they were praying for me, she had no idea what I was talking about this morning, but she was speaking the truth. Um, which passage was that that, that was in? Isaiah 30, 18, and, and talking about God and that he is our judge and that even though he's our judge, he's also faithful and true. And I, I find that that's the exact same thing that he's saying here in Malachi, that God doesn't change. And because he, he doesn't change, he is, he is a just God. And in Deuteronomy, uh, God was commanding the Israelites to give um, and to bring the uh, tithe into the storehouse, and then the Israelites were not obedient. So because God is a just God and he doesn't change, you know, God had, he had to stay true to his word and say, you know, I'm not going to remain faithful to you if you're not remaining faithful to me. And he actually says in Malachi that, that you're going to be cursed because you're robbing me of what I've commanded you to do. You see, in the same way they can trust God that he's going to be faithful because he's been faithful from generation to generation and he's not forgotten his covenant but however, they've forgotten his covenant. And I think sometimes we're just like those people and we forget what God has done for us and the blessing that we have through God. And I say this because it's evident that when we are not surrendering everything that we have to Christ and we are not, uh, we are not only hurting ourselves, but we're, we're, we're hurting the whole body of Christ. We're not just hurting our own spiritual life, but we're hurting the greater body of Christ when we resist, because that's what he says. You're, you're going to be not a cursed person for not bringing the tithe in the source, but he says a, a nation, a people. And I think he says this uh, same kind of thing in, in Ephesians 4, 14 through 16. Ephesians 4, 14 through 16. I'll read this to you guys. He says, As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted 
um, and held together by whatever joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So you see, I, I, I see here that every person in, in the body of Christ, every person has a job to do. And for us as a church to be able to grow as God wants us to grow, we need each person to be completely surrendered to God with everything they have. We need each person. I know you're thinking, well, if we're talking about money here, well, I don't, I don't make as much as that person, or you know, I don't have as much to give as they do, or you know, well, they don't have as much to give as me, so why, why would they expect it to be give at all? And, and I'm not saying that every person needs to give the same uh, amount, uh, because I don't think that, that that's what the Bible says. Um, but um, ultimately, God has called us to all give from that what's, which he's given us, and he's calling all of us to lay something down and to surrender our lives and our finances. And so that, that's between um, you and the Lord. For, um, for me, I, I take the Old Testament, I say 10%, that's what I'm going to give, because I think that's an easy thing to do, and I'm going to give first, before I save, before I spend my money. And I would encourage you to, to maybe adopt that same philosophy. I know that um, uh, some people in here might say, well, you know, I've got um, you know, bills to pay and, 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 and uninspected things have come up in my life. And, and I know um, full and well that things in life come up that are unexpected, that you have no idea um, that are going to be there. And they can be a huge burden um, in our life. Um, if you remember, if you don't know me, a, a little over a year ago... Um, I was um, put in the hospital. I was diagnosed with a thing called transverse myelitis. And so there I am one day, uh, just two days earlier, I was walking fine, playing golf. And then two days later, I'm laying in a hospital bed, paralyzed from the waist down um, for, for five days. I know what it's like um, to have something sideswiped that you have no idea. And, you know, in that moment, I'm, I'm laying there. Um, I had no idea what was going um, to be the future for me, both physically, spiritually, mentally, anything. I had no idea what the, the future held in store for me. And I didn't know um, what the cost was going to be for being in the hospital. I had no idea how I was going to pay um, for all this. I didn't know if I would ever even um, walk again in those first few days. Um, but to be honest with you this morning, I, and this is, this is part of my testimony, I never doubted God for one moment because I made a decision a long time ago that I was going to follow God no matter what happened in my life. I, I adopted um, the song, I've Decided to Follow Jesus. That's my, that's my theme song. That's the song that I go to. I've decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. There's no turning back. And so one of the decisions I had made with that is that no matter what, I was going to give first from that which God has given me. And let me tell you that God is a faithful God, he is so good, and I believe that um, his scripture says that, and I think that's because he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we can trust that he's going to be faithful to provide for those who believe. Now, I'm not saying that when, uh, that when you give to God that he's going to bless you with all the money in his piggy bank, because his scripture doesn't say that anywhere. In fact, I don't think it references a piggy bank at all. But I do believe that God provides in so many small ways and he blesses us in so many small ways in our lives that sometimes I think we overlook. And for me in my life, it wasn't until last year that I really began to see those small areas. You know, just the, the fact that I could walk, um, just the fact that I had air to breathe and I had food to eat, that I had family and friends, that I had a job, I had a car, 
Um, I was able to have an education. All these small things that sometimes I think we complain about and make excuses about. And we say, well, God, you know, why aren't you blessing me? But I think God is blessing his people. And if he's not, maybe it's because maybe you're withholding the tithe from the Lord. Maybe that's a, something that you need to change in your life. I see, you see, I think this morning there's three simple reasons that we should follow um, Christ in tithe. And three simple reasons that we should tithe. And I find these true in my life, and I hope that you find them true in your life. And the first is that simple reason is because he's commanded us to and that we're called to be obedient. We're called to be God's children. We're called to be obedient. We learned that last week. And so he's called us to tithe, and so we need to be obedient. The second, if we didn't even have that first one, the second reason, you shouldn't even need that. You should be able to give God because of what he did for us on the cross when he died and paid the debt for our sin on the cross. That in, that in itself should be enough to make you want to give everything you have to Christ. And the third reason is because of the blessings that he bestows upon us on a daily basis. You see, I honestly think, we, I think we should be able to end this sermon right here and say, you know what, I realize that we, need, that we all need to be giving to God of what he's given to us just because of the fact that he doesn't change, that he's the same. And he's the only person, he's the only, only person you'll ever meet, the only, only person that's ever going to not change. We all change on a daily basis. And as much as we try to be faithful, at some point we're going to mess up. But God is faithful when we are faithful. And so while um, the first point is that God doesn't change, we need to look at the second point, and this is, this is key, is that we must change because we're not, we are not God. We must change and we have our old sinful self and we need to lay that aside and put on the new self. If you look at Ephesians 4, through 24, it says, in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit and that um, you being renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self which is the likeness of God and has been created in righteousness and the holiness of the truth. You see, we've got the old self. And the, the old self, I think, and I think this is probably true for you as it is for me, the old self can be so selfish. We, can, we, we think about ourselves more than we think about others. And we, and we don't realize that, that we're missing out on the blessings that God has for us when we're selfish. We hold on to things for ourselves. And we're actually hurting ourselves and the entire um, body of Christ. Now, now for me, I'll even share you a little bit of a story. Because, um, I, I mean, I'm, this sermon is just for much for me as it is for anybody else in here. Because I can be um, selfish. Now, and especially in my finances, I, I don't spend a lot of money on a lot of things. Um, I pay my bills. And I give to the church. And, you know, I like to play a little golf. And I like to eat, okay? I know you're thinking, well, I, you don't look like that. I love a good buffet. Anna won't let me go to Golden Corral. She calls it the trough. But if I had a choice, I'd probably eat there every day because it's incredible and it's amazing. So I like to do those things. And I also like to do um, a little shopping, okay? Um, I know that doesn't sound very manly. And some of you guys are like, well, you like to shop? I'm like, yeah. I don't like to go spend all day, but I like to go to my few stores that I like. So um, last weekend, my fiance Anna, and I, um, after church, we rode over to Columbus, um, Georgia, to see my grandma and my aunt and then uh, my, my other aunt and uncle while we were there. And since we were there, we had, uh, I got this email coupon from Gap that said 40% off your whole purchase 
I mean, come on, isn't that nice? So I said, we've been one for a couple days less. We like, we need to go to Gap. 40% off, this is huge. This doesn't happen very often. And so we went into Gap, and we found out that their Gap in Columbus is a factory store. And so everything was already 50% off. 50% off. So I'm thinking, oh, man, well, I guess our 40% coupon isn't going to work. And so we go up to the register. I'm like, well, I had this coupon. Is this still good? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take 50% off, and then I'm going to take another 40% off. So we walk out of there with these two big bags of clothes, and we have hardly spent any money at all. And it was so good that when we left, we were like, ooh, let's go eat some dinner. Then let's come back and get some more. You know, we're like, yeah, this is so good. And so I was like, I started thinking, I mean, I really, really wanted to do that I'm like, man, I, I might never get a chance to get this, this many clothes again, you know, like for this, this kind of price. But then I was like, all right, you know, I, I think this would be a little bit selfish. You know, this is where, this is where, I, this is where I'd be crossing the line. You know, I should be just thankful that God's allowed us to be able to come and get some things we need. Actually, I got um, some shirts for me to wear at my wedding in two months, which is really cool. And you're thinking, shirts, you're going to wear more than one. Yeah, okay, I sweat a lot. Okay, deal with it. I'm going to change more than one shirt in my own wedding because I can. It's my wedding. All right, you can wear one shirt to my wedding, all right? But I, I began to think about that, and it's, it's the same in so many different areas. You know, it's, it's easy to be selfish and say, well, man, oh, oh I'm going to spend my money on this because it's such a good deal. Or, you know, well, I just, I really like to go to a nice restaurant every once in a while. And, and that's okay if God's blessed you with the money to do that. But I think we don't need to do that until we've first given um, to the Lord. And that's what he's called us to do. And it's so easy um, in our old self to, to want to be selfish and to do these things. But God has said, no, here's the deal. You've got to be selfless. I've called you from that to put on the new self. So with the first point is that God doesn't change and he's faithful and he's true and he's just. And because he is, we need to realize if we're going to be like him, then we've got to change. We've got to change ourselves because we can be so selfish. And we've got to follow him into the third point, which is this, bring the whole tithe. Bring the whole tithe. You see, the old self would say, well, you know what, I'll just give God if there's anything left over at the end of the day. But the new self should be begging us to give the first fruits and the good stuff that God has given us and that first 10% that God's given us. After all, it's, it's simply a part of being a follower of Christ and what he's called us to in the greatest commandment in Matthew 22, 37 and 38. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first in greatest commandment. And then he says in Matthew 16, 24, he says um, to his disciples, if anybody wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits it? So we've got to leave that old and, and enter into the new. We've got to deny ourselves daily and follow Christ. And one of the things that he's called us to do is to bring the tithe into the storehouse. I'm going to share with you two quick stories, and then, then we're going to look at these kind of personally. Yeah, the first one is Luke 9, 57 and 62. And he says, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And another said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, uh, permit me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me uh, say goodbye to those in my home. 
And Jesus said to him, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And then in a similar story, as Jesus is on his, on his journey and he's discipling in Matthew 19, 16 through 26, it says someone came up to him and he said, teacher, what good thing must I do to gain eternal life? And he said to him, why are you asking me about what is good? There's only one who is good, but if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. And the guy said, well, which ones? Which ones do I have to keep? And Jesus said, you will not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man was like, I've done all these things. But Jesus said, uh, and, and he said, you know, so what am I still lacking? And Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But the young man heard this statement and he went away grieving because he was a man who owned much property. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were very astonished and said, Then who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said to them, With people this is impossible, but with God all things are are possible. With God, all things are possible. And I'm sure this morning most of us would try and say, you know, we look at that story and be like, man, shame on them. But I think if we really look at these stories, I think we might see some of ourselves. Maybe not every day, but this is definitely who we can be. We can be so selfish when God is calling us to leave that old self into a new self. And we say, well, well, first, I got to do this. You know, first, God, I, I got to do this. I really want to follow you, but first, really, I need to, you know, I've got to focus on my education first, then I'll follow you. God, let me first, I need to go get married, and then I'll come follow you. God, first, I need to go do this and that. And we can make so uh, many excuses, but um, uh, if you remember that song we sang earlier, did we not say, God, we surrender all to you? And if we say that, then we've got to do the same thing that God was calling these people uh, in Matthew and in Luke when he says, you know, just leave everything and come follow me. Um, one of the commentaries I like to use um, when I'm studying the word is, is the Matthew Henry commentary. And he, he actually says this, God has a blessing and he has blessings ready to, to bestow upon us. But through the weakness of our faith and narrowness of our desires, we have no room to receive them. Through the weakness of our faith and narrowness of our desires, we have no room to see, receive them. You see, God has a blessing that he wants to give to you. And it's a personal blessing for you and it's a blessing for his church and for all of his people. So I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe um, as even I started talking about money, you said, I'm just going to shut off and I'm not going to listen. But maybe there's somebody here this morning who is, who's God's just tugging at your heart and he's moving in you. And maybe he's saying to you what he said um, to these people in Malachi 3, in verse 7, when he said, return to me. Return to me. And that's the fourth point this morning as the band um, comes up and gets ready to, to sing in a moment. Return to me. Return to God. You see, that's what he says in, in verse 7. Return to me and, and I will return to you. This morning, uh, uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Ultimately, we need to return to God. There's a, there's a quote in there in your worship guide. It's from one of my favorite uh, preachers of the gospel, Perry Noble, um, from New Spring Church in South Carolina. And he says, Why would I trust God with all of my sin, but none of my money? Why would I trust God with all of my sin, but none of my money? If you're looking at that, you're saying, You know, that's, that's, that's really right. 
You can't argue with that statement. Why would we trust God with all of our sin but none of our money? You see, the debt of all of our sin is something that we could never pay. If we had all the money in the world, if we collected it all or we stole it all or we earned it all, either way, it doesn't matter how we got it, we could not pay the debt of our sin. Only the the blood of Jesus Christ can pay the debt of our sin. So why then would we trust God with all of that, all of our sin, and say, God, we're putting this on you on the cross, and we believe in you, but we're we're not going to give you our money, something that we think about, we talk about, and we use on a daily basis, and it really runs our society. Why would we not give this to you? You see, these guys in in Malachi, they had been robbing God and not giving of their tithes and offerings as God had commanded to them. So this morning, I'm going to ask a simple question, and I want you to ask this question to yourself. It's something personal for you, and that is this. Have you been robbing God? Ask yourself, have I been robbing God? My commentary said, robbing God is such a heinous crime that those who are guilty of it are not willing to own themselves guilty. You see, it's so easy for us to make excuses and say, well, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to return to God. I've never left. Or we can make so many different excuses. Maybe this morning you need to turn to God for the first time. So this question is between you and God. And the answer is between you and God, whether or not you've been robbing God in your, your finances. And maybe this morning if you feel like you have, there's good news. And that there is a, there is a hope. And you can trust in a hope. And this morning you can be set free from your finances. Because if you remember in that verse 7, he says, Return to me and what? I will return to you. So he doesn't just say, well, you've been robbing me, so I'm, I'm, I'm sending you off for, for forever. No, he's inviting you. Return to me, and I will return to you. Lamentations 3, 21 through 24 says this, and we're, we're about to close. It says, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every single morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. The Lord, he is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. So just as he never changes, his compassions, they fail not. And we can walk new every morning. We can return to God and he will return to us. He will return to us with his loving kindnesses. Let me share you with these. His loving kindnesses are his love, his grace, his mercy, his goodness, his forgiveness, his truth, his compassion, and his faithfulness. That's what he wants to to bring to us, and he wants to bless us. So why will we trust God with all of our sin, but none of our money? Why will we trust God with all of my sin, but none of my money? So I hope this morning this message has led you to one of two places. Maybe this morning um, this message has uh, made you realize that God is calling us to give him every area of our life, including our finances. And maybe you have been robbing God and you answer that question this morning. You want to make a commitment to yourself and to God that, you know what, I'm not going to rob God anymore. I'm going to bring his tithe into his church so that there can be food in the house and that people can be filled and people can know the goodness of who Christ is. Or maybe, maybe this morning you've realized that, that you've never even turned to Christ in the first place. And you realize that without Christ, you are lost. And this morning you want to follow Him. And so this morning, whichever decision it is that you need to make, my prayer is that, that you will make that decision. So we're going to sing one last song that declares that truth, that God's love doesn't fail, that it's not going to give up. 
that we can trust him and he has a good blessing that he wants to bestow upon every one of us. And while we're singing that, um, if you need to make a decision, this altar is open. There's going to be people on either side of the room. Go to them, talk to them, pray to them. Don't leave this place without making the decision that God is tugging on your heart to make. So let's pray and then we'll sing. Lord, I just pray this morning for every heart in this room, Lord, for the hearts that you have spoken to and your word is tugging on. God, I pray that this would be a place of celebration and a place of freedom, that we would be set free from our finances, Lord, we would be set free from our sin, Lord, that we would trust you in every area of our life, Lord. So move in this place now, God. In your name that we pray, amen.